Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, it's all about the future of driving, from partially self-driving to fully autonomous vehicles, as well as when, or even whether, we'll fully transition from fossil fuel-powered to electric vehicles. Our special guest is Car Chronicles host Jeff Gilbert from CBS News Radio. I asked him about a new report that indicates when people are in self-driving vehicles, they tend to lose focus on the road, which, of course, is a pretty big safety hazard. But before talking about the report, Jeff wanted to clarify what it means right now when we talk about self-driving cars. There are no self-driving cars on the market at this point. But there are systems like Tesla's Autopilot that can do a lot of the control for you, GM Super Cruise, ProPilot Assist from Nissan. They're various systems, and they all require you to stay engaged, but they require it in, in a number of different ways. And what this study from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and MIT found is that as the car is doing more of the driving, People are not paying attention like they're supposed to. They put people in some of these systems, watch them for a month, and they found that the first couple of weeks while the car was doing the driving, they were highly alert because maybe they were a little afraid of what might happen. But as they got comfortable with the system, they started doing things that they weren't supposed to do, like fiddling with their cell phones. So it kind of underscores other things that we've seen is that as people become comfortable with the technology, they tend to zone out. I see. So as this technology then is perfected moving forward, perhaps they could build some automatic reminders in every few minutes, eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, stuff like that? Well, that's the issue that we're seeing right now. Some of these systems, in fact, most of them require you to keep your hands on the wheel. I I tested a number of them, and most have sensors in the steering wheel that will give you an alert if you take your hands off the wheel for more than 10, 15, 20 seconds, whatever it is on those systems. I I haven't done Teslas, but I understand they give you a little bit longer. On the other hand, you've got systems like Cadillac Super Cruise that actually is advertised as hands-free, and that system is a little more robust. It looks at your eyes to make sure they're focused on the road and sends you alerts if your eyes are going off the road and actually disengages the system if you keep the eyes off the road to make you focus. So Consumer Reports says those eyes on the road systems are better, but I mean, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, not Consumer Reports, they think those systems that make you keep your eyes on the road are better, but they actually want to see both. They want to see eyes on the road and hands on the road. Right. That sounds absolutely important. I mean, I know that I myself might get comfortable and think, oh, well, the car's doing it, right? Right. And it's interesting. This, as I mentioned, this underscores other studies. Google's self-driving program, which is now called Waymo, they were early on into self-driving vehicles, and they gave some of their prototypes to employees and told them, test these out in automated mode, but you better pay attention. Well, they found out that the people didn't pay attention, that (laughs) as temptation is, most people immediately went to their cell phones and started looking at it, texting, doing things of that nature. Some people kind of crawled in the back and would grab material to read. And Tesla found in the early days of its autopilot, people were watching videos when they should be driving. So, you know, human behavior is what human behavior is. So, 
these systems need robust parts of them that, that make sure people stay engaged. Well, it's interesting. It brings to mind something that happened recently here in Ohio. The Turnpike Commission recently allowed the testing of a completely autonomous semi-truck that went from, like, Pittsburgh to Toledo carrying some sort of cargo. So the question I would have then is, are we looking at a future where it's really more safe to just take the human being out of the equation and let the computer do it all the way? Well, that's a big debate that's going on right now is how much human interaction there is. And as I mentioned, Google's Waymo self-driving car arm, they feel that there are no halfway measures. That it's either the car does all of the driving or the car does none of the driving. Others have added in these uh, driver assistance systems. I have tested out Super Cruise. I did a drive from Detroit to Cleveland with that, and, and, and it is a really wonderful system. It takes some getting used to. It, it's a little freaky to see the car do the controls for you, and I have stayed engaged on the road, again, because you have to. It, it watches your eyes. But, you know, the question is, the longer you're using these systems, the more comfortable you get, are you going to do things that aren't smart? People have, in the early days of Tesla's autopilot, before they put their hands on the wheel system, people did dumb things, like crawl in the back seat and take videos of an empty front seat with a car driving and put them on YouTube and say, here's my invisible chauffeur. So, you know, as the old saying goes, when you think you've made a system foolproof, well, along comes a better brand of fool. <laughs> Very good. You know, one more question. You did some reports recently about GM doing some new plants where they were going to be making batteries and electric vehicles. And then I also saw a story this week where Britain had decided that I think it was by 2030, their plan is to have all electric vehicles and to take fuel-burning cars out of the mix completely. Do you think we'll see that here with the rise of more cars being made electric, or do you think we're going to just have fossil fuels from here on out no matter what happens? Well, it'll be interesting to watch. I think a lot depended on the election, and now that it appears that Joe Biden has won, you've seen California say by 2035, they want to ban fossil fuel-powered cars. And the Trump administration would have fought that. The Biden administration, I would imagine, will embrace that. And, and we may see that expand to other states. Car makers feel that the move to electric vehicles is inevitable. That time frame may change because realize when somebody stakes out something that's only 15 years in the future, that's going to be difficult. So we may be in a situation where we may be able to find some compromise where, okay, maybe not 2035, maybe 2040, 2045, but certainly the uh, gauntlet has been thrown down and a lot of people on the environmental side of things want to see us move to all electric vehicles. And the auto industry tends to feel that's the way it's going. The big question is how long is it going to take? And the other question is how can we make these more affordable and how can we get them recharged faster. That's right, that affordability issue. It's like I'd go out tomorrow and, and buy an electric vehicle if I had the money. Why not? But they're more expensive than regular cars. Right, because it's new technology, and car companies believe as they get economies of scale, they can get that price down. And uh, you, you take a look at General Motors in your own state of Ohio. GM is building a battery plant not far from where its old Lordstown plant is, and they sold the Lordstown plant to a new company that wants to make EVs. So you've got a lot of the uh, production of electric vehicles 
right, you know, practically in your backyard, just down the interstate from where you are. So the car companies are investing a lot in this. So they're putting their, their money behind it. There's another reason besides environmentalism, and that's because long-term, if they can get the cost of batteries down in particular, the economies of scale will get that down more. And then you get to the point where EVs are actually simpler to make. They require fewer people to make because you don't have to make transmissions. You don't have to make more complicated internal combustion engines. There are a lot of parts that that, that attach those vehicles uh, to the car that you don't have to make. An EV is really simple. It's a battery uh, attached to motors, attached to the wheel. Long-term, it'll cause car companies less to make these vehicles when they can make a lot of them. And that's another thing that they're looking at. But societally, it'll mean less jobs building these vehicles and less jobs servicing these vehicles because they don't need oil changes. They don't need transmission fluid. They don't need spark plugs, some of the things that dealers make their money on. So there's a lot of disruption coming. That was CBS News Radio correspondent and Car Chronicles host, Jeff Gilbert. Thanks for listening. And remember, this program is available as a podcast on Apple, Android, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, if you have questions or suggestions about future shows, you can send them in by filling out the questions and comments form below the latest edition of this program on our website, wakr.net. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>